You are listening to Venture Church Podcast. For more information, visit jointheventure.com or facebook.com slash jointheventure. We hope you enjoy. It's, it's been a fun afternoon. It's cool to see all the kids in the room with us. Uh, as I look around, I see that a lot of our... Um, a lot of our church family is traveling. I know a lot of people are sick. And I can't help but think about uh, just the community that church is. And it's just cool to me to see friends and new faces here today. And so I just want to take a second to embrace that. You know, sometimes I think we get a little too stuffy in church. Old school church was about being too stuffy and sitting still too long. New school church is about too stuffy and about being too professional uh, and too polished and too put together. Um, but we're just family. We're just doing life together. And I love to celebrate this a lot of our favorite holidays. Um, I don't want to speak very long right now. Uh, I, I normally speak much longer than I'm going to now, but I want to share something with you today uh, that's big on my heart and that I think that you can take forward into the next few days, maybe the next few weeks, and really, really impact your life. When I think about Christmas, one of the things I think about is all the gatherings that we have. Uh, we, we've got parties and we've got get-togethers and we've got times to exchange presents and all this stuff. And the thing that I'm struck by is looking at society and knowing that when you're going to a place that you've been before, you kind of know what to expect if you know who's going to be there. Because everybody brings something different to the party. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I've got a sister-in-law, my, my wife's sister. Um, I love it at Christmas time. She gets home from college on, on winter break, and she gets in the kitchen, and she just starts making Christmas treats like crazy. There's a counter full of just everything covered in chocolate and caramel and peanut butter, and it's amazing. And I love that. And so when, when Katie's in town, I'm like, I know what Katie's bringing to the party. Katie's bringing snacks. And so you see her coming, and you're like, yes, she's going to be there. That's going to be there because that's what she brings to the party. I, I think different things that people bring to the party are, are things like energy. You, go, you have these people in your life that just bring, they're, they're the VIP guests at the party. Like, you know, if, if they're going to be there, other people are going to want to come. Because they're the storytellers, they're the entertainers, they're the one that everybody's like, I like being with them. They're just fun. I got a friend named Neil. If you've met Neil Allegood, he's a, he's, he's, he lives up in Elizabeth City, North Carolina, but he's a good friend of a lot of us at Venture, and he comes down, he's, he's um, on our leadership team. And uh, man, Neil, Neil's one of those guys, and when he's in a room, everyone's listening, whether they want to or not. Because he will be there, and they will hear him. But if, if someone's, oh, Neil's going to be there? Yeah, hang on, Neil, that sounds like fun. Because that's what Neil brings to the party. And, and when you see people like that, you know what it's going to be like, because that's what they bring. Some people are kind of, uh, no one wants them at the party. Because everybody knows what they bring to the party. They bring the drama. They bring the complaining. They bring the mess, right? And it's like, and if it's family, it's Christmas, you're just like, oh, man, Uncle Ted's going to be there? All right. Hold on, I just need a minute. <laughs> I just got to prepare for that, right? Because you know what they're going to bring to the party. Everyone brings something different to the party. And I think that's what's cool about us. And I think that's actually what's really cool about God. Because as we learn about God, we learn what he brings into our life. And we can come to expect it. And it's a promise. And it's life. And I want to talk about that just, just for a minute. Uh, at this season of Christmas, it's so nice to have a chance to celebrate. Because there's a lot about life that's hard to celebrate, isn't there? I mean, just bad things happen. And you just watch the news, and I mean, I just, my heart goes out to the, there's a church family up in Hampstead. I don't, I don't know these people, but did you see on the news that the pastor that was attacked by somebody, uh, was it yesterday? Um, what and, and why in his office? And I see stories like that, and I see good people having bad things done to them. And I'm just like, what is wrong with the world that we live in? In fact, there's a lot that I look forward to about Christmas, the parties, the friends, yes, the gifts, I enjoy that too. But one of the things I look forward to the most is the light. 
the light of Christmas, the Christmas lights, the lights on the Christmas tree. Uh, I just talked to a buddy uh, two days ago, and, and he has a really cool thing he does with his family. I want to pass it on. All right, do this with your family. Get in the car with your, if you've got kids, or with your roommate, or with your friends, or whatever. Drive around a neighborhood a couple different times at night and look at the Christmas lights. And, and take votes on who has the best Christmas lights, okay? That's how it works. And then decide who is the winner this year in your neighborhood. Who's the winner? And this is what you do. You go buy them a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts. You deliver it to their house and check us out. You knock on the door and you go, hey, just want to congratulate you because you won. <laughs> you got the best Christmas lights. How awesome would it be to get that? So anyway, I, lo- I love light because I love what light represents. We look in the world around us and we see darkness. And I'm just wondering, could someone bring some light? In this party that is life, could someone please just bring the light? In the 1880s, Thomas Edison did something that revolutionized the globe. Uh, Thomas Edison, great inventor, he perfected the filament in a vacuum tube glass electric light bulb. He created a light bulb that would burn for over a thousand hours without burning out. And in doing so, historians say, Thomas Edison vanquished the darkness. Because if you think about what life was like before electric lights, it was different. I mean, everything rose and fell with the sun. Business and commerce and education and the thing that you did at your house. Can you imagine what our city would be like after about 530 uh, in the winter without electric lights? Can you imagine Times Square without electric lights? Can you imagine Christmas celebrations without electric lights? And Thomas Edison, he brings this. And they say he vanquished the darkness. And I don't know about you, but when I look at the world we live in, I'm just wondering if someone could please come in and vanquish the darkness. Come in and make it a better place to be. Make it something I can look forward to. And my guess is if you're here tonight, it's it's Christmas Eve. There's two reasons why you're here. Number one, someone drug you here and you're here against your will. Um, That's number one. That's the number one reason to be at church on Christmas Eve. Number two reason is, I'm just being real. Half of them are running around going, are we leaving yet? What are we doing? This is a gymnasium. But the other reason that, that you're here, I think this is true about everybody probably, is because there's something inside of you that says, life, life could be different. There's something good. There is better. There is the opportunity for light. Every week, I, I love to get the opportunity to stand on this very stage and look to the Bible for the answers to life's most important questions. And, and my question today, and it's one that has kind of been spoken already several times this afternoon, and, and it is what? Where can we find some light I'm going to reread from the New Testament, the book of John. John's one of the four books that's about the life and the teachings of Jesus. And in John chapter 1, it actually starts off the whole book. The Apostle John writes this about Jesus. Uh, I'm just going to go into it. This is what he says. He says, in the beginning was the Word. Just so you know, the Word is kind of a nickname for Jesus. He explains it later on in, in verse 14 of the same chapter. But he says, in the beginning was the Word. So in the beginning was Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word, Jesus, was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, Jesus, nothing was made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. I love verse 14. It goes on just a little bit later and it says that that word became flesh. 
and made his dwelling among us. Jesus, who was with God in the beginning, came to earth as a human being. And that's what Christmas is a celebration of, at least for Christians. Actually, Christmas is a great holiday to celebrate all good things. Joy and giving and, 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 and compassion and all these things. But for Christians, the primary thing Christians celebrate is the birth of Jesus. God coming to earth. And I want to take a, talk a second about that, second, that last little part, verses 4 and 5. John 1, 4 and 5 says, In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. Let me talk about light. Okay, this is what light does on a physical level. Light exposes darkness. As we read about God's goodness in the Bible, we learn something interesting. That light and darkness are physical parallels of a spiritual reality. Physical parallels of a spiritual reality. Light and darkness each represent something. Light is truth. All right, light is truth. And the thing about light is this, light doesn't hide, it reveals. Light doesn't confuse, it explains. Light doesn't conceal, it exposes. Darkness is the opposite of light. Darkness is lies. Darkness overshadows and confuses and distorts truth. That's what darkness does. We, we've all experienced this. It's that classic uh, boogeyman moment when you're a kid. You're sitting in your room, and shoot, it happens to you as adults too. You sit in your room, and you look at you like, ah! Oh, it's just my raincoat on a recliner. You know, it's like, there's no one in the house. But why? Because darkness distorts truth. And in that moment, you believe briefly that something's going on. And really, you turn the light on, and it exposes the lie. It's the same thing that happens when you're walking through the living room, and you stub your toe on that stupid coffee table. Who put that there? Right? It's always been there, but you see it when the lights are on. But when the lights are off, the darkness hides the truth. It's believing half-truths about yourself and the world and God. It's what makes people think they can be abusive or crude or immoral. It's darkness. Darkness hides light, or truth. Light exposes darkness. And Jesus brings the light. Let's look one last time at the last part of that verse. John 1 verse 4. It says, in him, in Jesus, was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. Exposing the lies. Pulling back the shades and letting us see life for what it is. I just want to make one basic kind of point application. It's got three things for you to remember. But this is it. This is pretty, pretty simple. For many of you, tomorrow starts an official marathon of Christmas festivities. Like you might, like... We, we inaugurated Christmas unofficially with what everyone knows is the Macy's Thanksgiving giving Day Parade. Like, that's official, unofficial start of Christmas. But tomorrow is the day. We've been building up to it for weeks and weeks and weeks, and a lot is coming up. But, but as you have these, de- these days ahead of us, I just want us to think about this one thing. What is your reaction to the light? And all of us have experienced on different levels. I'm talking about the truth of God. I think there are three levels that we can get into and three that you can take home with you today and chew on them how you will. And the first one is this. The first thing is this. We've got to see the light. We've got to see the light. You, you know when you're sitting in a room, uh, maybe you're watching a movie, or maybe you're like dozing off somewhere in a dark room, or you've been sleeping, and somebody walks in and flips on the light, that jerk, and you're like, oh, my eyes, they're melting. You know, it, it hurts so bad. And so our first reaction is to, you know, put our head back under the pillow, cover our eyes up, because it hurts. The, the thing about truth is we don't like it, but it's important that we see it. Has anyone ever pointed out to you something that you did wrong or stupid or foolish and your first reaction was like, hold up now, let's not start pointing fingers. And we start wanting to come back at them. It isn't comfortable to see truth, especially when it's about ourselves and we realize we're far from it. And the first step about 
our reaction to light is simply this. Ask yourself, am I willing to see the light? I, I recognize that you, there are people in this room right now who might not call themselves Christians. They might not even be interested in Christian, Christianity. I'm glad you're here. I am really glad you're here. In fact, that's what our church is kind of all about. You see our big banner on the wall, church for people who don't like church. Our goal is to tear down the walls that keep people away from church and God so that we can get to the truth. Let's tear down the garbage and let's get to the heart of the matter. Truth. And my question for everyone in the room, no matter if you accept God, believe in God, or don't, are you hungry for truth? And if it shines in your life, are you willing to see it? The first reaction we can have to the light is to see the light. The second reaction, it, it, it follows in suit, because once you see it, you've got to have some sort of reaction to it. I, I think the second proper reaction to light and truth is to embrace the light. Someone tells you you did something wrong, your first reaction is like, ah, put my head back under the pillow, don't tell me that, you're mean, whatever. But if we're going to be honest with ourselves, we're going to go, okay, I need to embrace that. <laughs> I need to move on, I need to grow, I need to change. Jesus talks about that a lot. He says, you know what, this is the, the strongest thing I believe Jesus ever said. In John chapter 14, verse 6, this is what Jesus said. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. For him to say that, that is heavy. But here's the thing about Jesus. He's not looking for fans. He's looking for followers. He's looking for people who say, look, I want to embrace the light. I want to do whatever it means to live in that place. And so I want to move on. We need to see the light, and then we need to embrace the light for whatever it's worth. The third thing is this. Once we embrace the light, and I want you to know this is something that is really cool for all of us. Jesus, uh, he brings the light to the party. That's what he does. But once we receive it in our life, he gives us this amazing gift. We get to shine the light. The third reaction we can have is to shine the light. It's the reflection of God's goodness. Just like the moon reflects the light of the sun, because why? It can't help it. That's what it does by nature. When light shines on it, it simply glows. And when people shine truth into our lives and it exposes the darkness and we get rid of that, we begin to shine. My favorite teaching of Jesus, probably my all-time favorite teaching of Jesus is this. This is from Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 6. He said, you, talking about people who are fans, not, not fans, but followers of him. He said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill can't be hidden. You see it up there. It's glowing. You see the city lights of another city glowing way off on the highway. You see it there. It says, neither do people light a, light, light a lamp and put it under a bowl. No, that would be foolish. Instead, they put it on a stand so that the whole house can see it. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Maybe today... All that you want to hear, or all that you can hear, all that you're even open to hearing is the idea of maybe I'm willing to see the light. I just want to let you know something. Around here, we're not expecting everybody to be perfect in one day. In fact, if anybody's perfect yet, uh, please stop lying. Because um, we're just working on that day by day. But I do want to invite you to do this. Just come hang out with us some more. Come back. We'll be back here again on January 4th as we get back on normal Sunday services. And just be open to the idea of light that it is that God is real, that he does exist, that intelligent people do believe in God who created the world, that Jesus is who he says he is, and that there are reasonable reasons to believe that. Be willing to see the light. Maybe you need to embrace the light. Uh, last Christmas Eve, uh, it was really cool. After the Christmas Eve service, there were two people who were ready to embrace the light. 
for the first time. We had two baptisms on Christmas Eve last year. In fact, they're both in here right now in this room. The first one, uh, she had kind of planned it in advance and her family came and we did it and it was awesome. The second one, it was a guy who was at the baptism and he was like, man, I've been thinking about this for a long time. I just need, I just need to do it. Hey, can I just get baptized right now? They were like, yeah. He was like, okay, let me run to my house. He lived like next door. So he ran and put some shorts on and we baptized him in the apartment pool where we were. He was ready to embrace the light. And I love to see the change that's happened in both of their lives, their lives over this past year. As truth shined into their light, exposing darkness, and day by day, they're purified by God. And then the third thing we can do is shine the light. I don't know a better way to do this than to talk about a person who, uh, who goes to our church every week. Uh, this, this lady has been involved in our church actually since we were a house church, meeting with like 10 people in a living room. And when we first met her, she told me, uh, there's no way you convinced me, could convince me that there is a God. Um, she said, I don't want to be a part of church. But we became friends, and she said, well, if you guys hang out on Sunday, I'll hang out with you. There's free donuts and coffee. <laughs> well, she began to be open to seeing the light. And I don't want to tell any more of her story. Actually, I just want to let you hear from her. This is a video that she made for you guys today. My name is Erin Milam, and this is my story. I have never felt wanted. Um, like my parents, they weren't ever really there, so we had to do everything on our own. I got abused from a lot of different people. I didn't understand that. Like I thought that was normal. I don't know, I think I kind of ended up coming up with my own belief system. It's like, I got into drugs, I got into, it's like I'd get my stuff, go home, close the door, be away from everybody. It was a, an escape to get out of my mind. I've been a cutter for quite a while, but you get to a point where Everything feels so chaotic. Nothing makes sense. Um, get to a point where you just don't want to live anymore. And that was a way that, like, I knew that I could take care of it without bothering other people. So everything started to change one day. They're having the Azalea Festival, and I'm not big on crowds and battle. So I'll go the back ways behind all the booths to avoid the people. All I wanted was a turkey leg. <laughs> um, so I was walking down there, and I passed the booth. It was Venture Church. I was with a friend. Um, I got the thing. It was a flyer, and it said free food. The day that this cookout happened, um, I happened to be cleaning with a friend and got done cleaning and I was starving. And I saw, I had taken that piece of paper out and it was sitting in my seat and I saw free food. And I was like, perfect. So I like looked at the ground, walked up, got my food, sat down. And then Chris comes over and he sits down. I don't know, I, I think I started asking him questions right off. 
my thing was, if I'm gonna believe in something, I wanted to be 100%. I didn't want to be 99.9%. I didn't want to be, I wanted to be 100%, but talking with Chris and him, saying that he wasn't perfect, he didn't have all the answers, it made it okay to take that step. Where I ended up emailing him and seeing if they wanted to get together, him and his wife. I looked to them and kind of rode on their shirt tails for a while. But the consistency of showing me who Jesus is. And I finally gave my heart to Jesus in November 2013. Since I've started believing in that's my entire life into this believe in Jesus believe in that he's the light that's the only way I can describe him is light <laughs> like everything's everything has changed like I have hope I have I just have that love and I'm still learning what love is I look to people, and I know people are like, oh, don't look to me, look to God. Well, I see God in you. It's like, I see Jesus in you. It's like, and that's how I learn, is by watching other people. It's like, I want to be that person. And I want to make you start asking questions. It's like, I want Jesus to change your life. So the past two or three years, I've been focused on getting everything right in my life, but I was completely unprepared <laughs> for what he laid on my heart. This dream I had one night, um, it was about India, the kids there. Um, so I started doing research. One of the big things that stuck out to me was the kids over there that live in the slums that are, um, caught up in trafficking and the sex trade. Um, the lower, we're working with the very lowest in the caste system. They call them the untouchables. And they believe that they're polluted. And, um, and there's a lot of abuse and stuff going on. There's families that live on the streets there that have been there for generations that they don't know anything but they'll never be able to get out of it. But having the chance to go over there to be the light, to bring the light, it's like I'm, I've lived on the streets. I've lived in my car. Um, I never want anybody to know because I was embarrassed. It's like, so now I can relate to these families and these kids that are living on the streets these family and kids, they've been through the same stuff. It blows my mind that he would use, he would want to use me for something like that. It's like, but if I look back over my past, I can relate to a lot of that. But I like the saying 
one of my favorite movies is I don't need easy, I just need possible. And it hasn't been easy, but it's been possible. <laughs> All right. Whew. It's been a uh, crazy couple of years. Uh, following Aaron's story and the bravery that it took for her to just sit down and, and film this video and and we were going to film it <laughs> and um, I said you sure you want to do this you okay I mean got a lot of stuff you want to talk about that you haven't talked to a lot of people about and it, she said it has to be said <laughs> she said people have to know and uh, I don't know if you called it uh, at the end there she was talking about India in Erin has taken a very bold step. She, she's seen the light. She's embraced the light. And she's begun to shine the light among her friends, among her family, and among the people that she's close to. But she got this opportunity to go to India next month. And uh, so I wanted, we were going to make her video anyway. And then I said, hey, um, how are you doing on raising your support for going to India? It's expensive to go on mission trips. And she said, I'm about halfway there. I said, cool. Because on Christmas Eve... Uh, I want to give people an opportunity to take up a love offering to help get you there. And she was floored. And she said, uh, that means a lot. Is that the right words? <laughs> um, shining the light of Jesus, it takes boldness. And, and I love her last thing that she said. It's, it's, it's hard sometimes. It's hard to see truth. It's hard to be exposed to truth. Um, but it's so worth it. And guys, if we get ready for this celebration at Christmas time, carry the light of Jesus with you to your family stuff. If you're the person who what you bring to the party is the drama, don't be that guy. <laughs> bring the light. 